Welcome to the Ambitious Sloth Podcast. I'm Julian, and I interview people from all around the world about the mindsets, ambitions, and meaning in life for you so you can learn from them or just get a different perspective on things you haven't thought of before. Today's guest is Skylar Dean. Skylar grew up obsessed with lifting weights. He used to lose weight and build confidence. In high school and college, he suffered from extreme social anxiety, but was always able to pull himself out through healthy habits. He loves everything about health, and his mission is to help men push harder and become better versions of themselves. So in this episode, we talked a lot about the mindset, to act based on purpose, not on fear, and what immense power your thoughts have on your behavior and your general mood. So now let's start with the new episode and my guest, Skylar. Thank you for joining me for the new episode of the Ambitious Love Podcast. Um, Skylar is today my new guest and I would like to introduce, or he would like to introduce himself actually. So yeah. Thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Julian. Uh, so my name's Skyler. I'm a men's weight loss coach. And oh man, like where to start? So I'm I'm living in the states. I'm in Connecticut right now, and I'm currently just really, really obsessed with health and with the mind and the body and psychology and personal development. And really, like my goal is to spread that with other people. Uh, I made a huge transition in my own life from someone who was like, first and foremost, I was the meathead. I would go to the gym and I would just like clang weights, come home, eat chicken, broccoli, rice. Uh, and I, I went to that because at first I was extremely insecure. And eventually that kind of transitioned from, you know, being a, a bodybuilder and really focusing on just how do I look to more how do I feel like eating the foods that made me feel good as a person and diving more into the personal development world and developing the mind rather than, you know, just trying to look good with my shirt off. So it's been like a big transition in terms of my overall consciousness and, and really just ability to focus on, you know, where I want to focus, like the good, the bad, whatever. Um, and it's been a transition that's been pretty life changing and something that I'm looking to just share with other people. So Thank you for, for your first introduction. That was um, especially the point. I also read that before um, the the transition point from where you felt super um, insecure. And I, I think you also wrote uh, on your website, you were first um, a bit overweight and that became then the starting point. Um, I would like to go a bit into that. So where do you... Um, where did you realize or get where was the point when you thought, okay, I need to change now. This is, this is something um, I don't want to have anymore in my life. And how did that feel like? Yeah. Uh, so like the, there, there's been two big transitions in my life. So the first was in middle school. Uh, I was a chubbier kid and I transitioned from a private school to a public school. So I had to make all new friends. I had to meet everybody else and make like a complete transition and it was a big culture shock, like coming from a very Christian school where, you know, 
it's it's just completely different from going to that public school arena. But so I started to make friends like I was insecure. So I kind of struggled to feel like I felt to feel like I fit in. Um, but when I made my friends, you know, they would always poke fun at me for being a chubby kid as good friends do. Right. Mm-hmm. And so basically I just turned to weightlifting and that was like my first transition was, okay, if, if I am getting made fun of and like, I don't like how I look, like I would be the kid with, you know, the towel over my entire body during the pool party and like really insecure about that stuff. So I, I made that transition, started going to the gym more and over a couple of years, like completely changed my body. Right. And then the second big transition happened after I graduated college. So I was in college. I was basically really, really focused on just fitting in with people, with being, you know, well-respected, well-liked. But that made me really, really anxious inside and feeling like I had to live up to other people's standards and like I had to be someone who I wasn't. And so I graduated college and I started my first full-time job, which then was an accountant. And I was in a position where I wasn't happy. Uh, I was going to work every day. I was working long, long hours. I was still like putting all my effort into the gym and like I just wasn't really fulfilled as a person. And so I had this transition. It was really, really interesting where I my daily schedule was the same every single day. It was literally wake up, go to work, come home from work, go to the gym and then eat dinner and watch a little TV and then go to bed like five days a week. And mm-hmm. then the weekends would be a little bit different. And So the first change that I wanted to make was like, you know, I want more free time after work. And so I tried to start waking up early before work and it just didn't work out. Right. I wanted to wake up. I wanted to go to the gym. I told myself I would do that. But whenever I woke up, the alarm would go off and I would just hit snooze and then I would hit snooze again and then again and then I would go back to bed. Right. So I got in this weird period where I wanted to do everything I could to go to the gym before work. But as soon as that alarm went off in the morning, it was like all bets were off. I was tired and I could go after work, right? Because there's always time after work. Um, And basically, you know, when I actually woke up, then the regret would come in and the guilt and the shame of like, why can't I do this? Why am I not good enough? And so I started diving into like some different books and different ways to get better sleep and how to avoid the snooze button. And honestly, from that point, like I just completely became obsessed with personal development and with developing the mind. Um, and that's, that was my second transition. It was literally just, I was in that spot where I wanted to make a change and I felt like I couldn't. And so I started figuring out why, because I've always been like the driven kid, like obviously with, with being made fun of for being chubby, I always wanted to make a change in my body. Um, if there was something where people told me I couldn't do it, I was always the person to go after and try to do it. But like the big transition did come internally when, when I wanted to do something and I felt like I couldn't. And then I basically made that huge transition. Um, so those were the two points. I think Mm. really what inspired them was that dissatisfaction, um, which is like, I feel extremely, extremely blessed to have that mindset because I know a lot of people don't where they're dissatisfied with something. So instead they kind of just numb it out and they push it away. Um, but it's been like a very it's, it's been a huge blessing to be able to have those things that I'm dissatisfied with and like sit in that pain and then actually do something to, to make a change. Yeah. I find it really cool that, um, you get this, um, external dissatisfaction of people pointing with the fingers at you. And then you turn this into now I want to take action and do and change something about it. Cause I also, um, it seems at least that 
quite a lot of people within um, because of that turned down in a way that, okay, they already po point the fingers all the time on me and I'm in the spotlight and I am feeling that bad. So that, as you also said, it makes you feel insecure, not worthy or not good enough. And then it's, it seems that at least that makes it become, become less likely that you actually go into action and actually start doing something. But this wasn't the case for you. Why do you think like this was maybe a bit different for you? I think it's a couple of reasons. Number one, I had a great example of a father growing up in terms of work ethic. Mm -hmm. uh, he was the guy that, you know, he was, I would go days without seeing him because I would wake up and he'd be on his way to work. And then I go to bed before he got home from work. Like he was just like working, trying to support our family. Um, and he would still wake up at like four in the morning and, and get downstairs into the weight room and lift weights every day. So it was like, I saw the, the work ethic and he wasn't in the spot to like complain about it. Like I never, ever heard him complain about anything when I was a mm -hmm. kid. Um, and I think that really set the example of like, you know, there's no excuse. You, you don't have an, an excuse for, for not being able to go after the things that you want. And like, I think my understanding of this has grown more over the years, but I, I still had that understanding of like, if, if something isn't where I want it to be, I can change it. Okay. So basically, well, as I learned that there's like two different mindsets with the growth and the fixed mindset from Carol Drake, an awesome book. Um, you kind of learned the growth, growth mindset from your dad from the beginning on, which make, made you, it's made it a lot easier for you to take this step, take this step to, okay, I really don't like this. So I changed that. Yeah. So, so that helped and I, you. Yeah. And I, I think it was also some of my own development at times, like just, um, being in those positions where I didn't like where I was. Like, I remember I had moments, I, I had some pretty bad anxiety in, in high school and college where I thought I was going to experience it for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but even at those points, I still tried to do other things to, to improve in other areas. So like the, the fuel was coming from a place of, you know, unhappiness which can be argued whether that's a good thing or not. But regardless of what you think about it, like that fuel drove me to make those changes. Mm. Yeah. Um, so actually for me, it was not the case being, being pointed at school, but I was somehow thinking myself, well, I didn't have good grades in school in the beginning. So that led me then to thinking I was not smart enough for, for this high school I was going to. Um, and I had then, that's, that's actually similar. I had this similar experience of um, since I'm not worthy enough or I'm too stupid for this, um, I then also shut down myself in the beginning of like, okay, I don't even have to try in a sense. Um and for me, it was maybe also because um, you ha you said the change or some change also occurred because you changed the the school. And for me, it was when then the high school was over. There happened for me the huge change because I could go yeah. out of the usual environment, the usual social interactions, which kind of at least it seemed to me that kind of still pushed you into a certain role you were playing before. So it made you harder to to change for yourself, or at least that others accept that you change and did you experience that in a, in a similar way or like that when the social environment is changing that makes makes it easier for you to change 
Yeah, it's, I mean, absolutely. Your environment plays like such a huge factor into who you are. Um, And I just think for me personally, that huge transition, like, like for people, for you, like that's a huge transition to be in high school to being an adult where you're on your own. And if you're going to college, like you're responsible for your schedule. Um, for other people, like they, they make that change and they still live in that same mindset of like, like the high school mindset. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I have responsibilities that I have to do and that's kind of the minimum. And then, you know, whatever else I feel like I have to do and I'm forced to do, I'll do. Um, but when you are making that transition, there are those times where it's, it's a culture shock and you're forced to adapt. And, and in that journey of being pushed to adapt to something new, you discover something about yourself or, or you try something new or, or some, some component comes into play that, that sparks that transition and allows you to really make that change in your life. Yeah. I also, also definitely felt that, um, now I actually have wanted to dive deep immediately into the the things you mentioned in your introduction without the question I I, t- I even told you I was I'm going to ask before um so whether you think you are more like the the gut person that just decides on the spot or like an overthinker and think constantly about uh, stuff before you decided to do it yeah um so I'm in that transition right now so my entire life I've been the the logical person overthinking mm. Um, you know, if my heart told me something, I'll talk myself out of it and I'm slowly learning to focus more on the heart because just in the past few years, like what I've experienced is the things that I feel are best have pushed me in the best direction. Mm. Like if, if I was still logical, I wouldn't have quit my accounting job. I would still be in that office right now, but it was just like, I'm, I'm not meant for that. And because of that decision and the hundreds that followed after where, you know, my heart was telling me something, it's pushing me more and more to, to make decisions based on, uh, based on not logic, but more like emotional reasons. Now, with that being said, I still get in my head a lot and I still think about stuff. So it's really difficult at times to make that, but it's happening. Like I I know that if I want to end up where I want to end up, I have to be making decisions based on the heart. Like that's, that's cool. Actually, that's essentially the reason why I wanted to start this, like make the official quit from the first season and start now the second season season of the podcast because I had this the similar feeling of before I was super going towards techniques and tactics other people were telling me or like I could learn from other people rather than listening to my own voice to myself because it's really awesome all the techniques other people developed, but they're most often not fit for myself and to really learning how to um, actually listen to that voice or to the heart or however this is called, basically um, that is at least for me, it seems like also really hard to learn because I, I use tons of hours of meditation for that in order to really dive deep into that and to make this voice louder somehow to really also feel that during the the one-on-one connections i have with other people like not thinking about okay what behavior are they doing or like do this person like me or not or just how does it feel for you to be with that person what does the person make you feel and that's most certainly also then the the thing you make the other person feel like and so this this um was just a funny coincidence that i'm 
doing that at the same time basically uh, also yeah uh, and it's it's tough like it's it's not easy especially if you've been doing it for you know 20 25 years of your life like it's like you're giving up control because before you thought about everything beforehand and now it's like okay we, i just wait and see how it feels it's, yeah yeah it's, and then that little voice is like no yeah. we have to think about it but yeah it's it's a lot of practice um and you you would say you have come like quite a way now already like practicing this in a direction how how are you like practicing that and what are maybe some some things you learned uh along the way yeah um so i'd say over the past two years i've made the biggest mindset transformation in my life um that's like an absolute fact and it has been all the self-work that i put in Because like from so from age, I'd say 14 until now, I've been heavily obsessed with the gym, lifting weights, but even pushing myself mentally in the gym and physically hasn't made as big a transition as it has the past two years. And so like what I've really been doing is is taking more time for myself on a daily basis, but not in the sense of, you know, I'm going to kick my feet up and watch the next show on Netflix more on like, I'm going to face some thoughts. I'm going to start to take time to, to work my mind, to work mm -hmm. through stuff, you know, whatever exercises that is, whether that's meditation, gratitude, affirmations, like anything like that. But it's been the consistency of, of waking up early, having a morning routine and having a nighttime routine and doing that stuff every single day. So, um, this yeah, made, in terms, this has made the biggest change to the morning routine and evening routines. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I had a company called early risers and I have the early risers podcast, which is doing a rebranding soon. Uh, and like the whole idea is for our entire day, everything's a mess, right? We have responsibilities, we have things coming up, like everything is sporadic and, and a lot of us are just going through the motions and we're going with the flow of the day. But The time in the morning and the evening is time that you can always take to yourself. Like no matter what you do, the last however long, whether it wants to be five minutes or an hour of your day and then the first five minutes to an hour to two hours, like that's your time. Other people are sleeping. Other people don't expect you to show up at work. Like if you can make that extra time, that's your consistency right there. And with that consistency, that's where growth comes from and that's where change is going to come from. Mm. So you since since how long are you, are you have been doing that now? You said like two years. The the change has been come or has has come. Yeah, so it's been about uh, three years since officially starting the the whole morning routine and nighttime routine thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then like really understanding it and really getting more into it is like two to two and a half years. Yeah, and what are like maybe some some thoughts that came up that you didn't expect or something that you would say this, um, digging into that, um, yeah, made you at some point a bit uncomfortable because not all the thoughts that we all the time push away is like are nice thoughts. And so when we stop doing that, some things come up again and, um, yeah, we have to face them. Yeah. I, I think the biggest one, has been this idea of like not being good enough. Mm -hmm. And 
I know so many people out there experience these thoughts because like a ton of different reasons from their upbringing to how Instagram just like highlights the perfection of other people's lives. Um, but that that's been the biggest one that I've come in contact with. And it's something that I've definitely gotten rid of, gotten rid of a lot of it. Um, but obviously like there's never really perfection in that area if you've experienced it. So I'm, I'm still working through that stuff. I've, I've taken massive, massive leaps, but I think that understanding has allowed me to really put different things into perspective because once you come from a place where you kind of understand the reasoning behind why you think that in certain situations, when that stuff comes up, you can, you can address it. You can understand, okay, mm-hmm. why is this happening? You can analyze it. And then when you analyze it, you have like a different perspective from it. Yeah. And f- as I figured right, um, that your feeling of that came through the, um, through your teenager years way of what chubby in this, in the high school or. Right? Yeah. It, I, I mean, I think it's a mix of my childhood and, and that, and even, even growing up, like, I think once you are in that mindset, you kind of look for reasons to prove yourself right. Mm. So like, if you think like I'm not good enough and then you come in contact with someone and they, for some reason, don't like you, like you're just being your genuine self and they don't like you. It's like, I was right. I was right all along. Like that's, that's my proof right there. And even you, you have hundreds of loving people around you who love and care for you. But like all you can focus on is that one person. It's like, I was right. There's my proof. That's all I need. Um, so even too, like understanding that and coming from a place of, okay, let's, let's focus less on the people who don't like me because it's ridiculous to think that no one's ever not going to like you, um, just based on all perspectives and, and everything like that. Um, so coming from a place of that and then shifting your focus to the people who, who do love you and who do care for you. And when you do that, you kind of, you understand like, look, I'm being my genuine self with them and they love me. So of course I'm good enough. I don't have to be perfect. Like I don't have to do everything right. Um, and I think a big reason too, of why I've been so ambitious with this stuff, it it stemmed from that feeling. And in a way, like it, it is a blessing. Like it, when you feel like that and rather than numbing yourself, you push yourself more like that allows you to pursue other things. Um, and obviously that's not a mindset you want to stay in for your entire life. Obviously that's something you want to work through, but like, I'm big on focusing on the good. I'm big on focusing on like what good came from that, what good is coming from it rather than putting all of that energy and focus into the bad side of things. So basically really, um, taking the, um, taking the control over your thoughts and directing them towards something you really um, know it's, it's good for you in the long run, especially uh, when you, when you see, okay, those thoughts from, uh, from early on come back, came back and um, I'm not good enough because this person didn't like me for the color of my hair or whatever reason. And then really focusing, okay, what do the most loving people um, say about me? What can I give them? What value um, do I have to space on your, your inner circle basically is the thing that helped you the most with that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely that. And I, I think realizing that like perfection is never going to happen. Mm. And just because you're not perfect, it doesn't mean you're any less of a person. It means you're more of a person. So, I mean, yeah, enough said, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to say to add to that. 
However, you already mentioned perfect. That leads me to what would your perfect day look like? If you could do anything you wanted to have no responsibilities whatsoever, what would be the thing or what would be the things you want to do? Yeah. Um, so I'd wake up early, of course. I'd have my full morning routine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It'd be a really good day at the gym. I'd go through everything with like full intention. Uh, and I just have the whole day obviously ahead of me and, you know, I'd spend a lot of the time out of nature. I'm a Mm. big, big nature guy. I love hiking. Um, I love literally just taking walks, just, just being outside is refreshing and, uh, super, super helpful for me. I'd spend time with my girlfriend a lot. We've got a great relationship going. Uh, I'd spend time with my friends too. Like I'm, I, I just love the company of other people. Like I, when I'm alone, I love it and I love doing hard work and I'm more of an introvert, but I still do have those group of friends and those people who I just like, I love being around and, and they're, they're people who want the best for me and, and they're there to push me. Um, I would also like to go to the beach. I'm a big beach guy. Hiking yeah. and beach at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I got to find a spot where that's possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, I mean, I'm, I'm also a big food buff, so I'm sure I'd have a couple of delicious meals in there, um, and would end the night just relaxing and then doing my nighttime routine and, and reading a good book. Hmm. Actually pretty chill. If you could yeah. choose anything you could, or you yeah, can, you would choose those things, what you do most of the time as I recognize, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a pretty good thing going. Um, I mean, obviously if I had more time, I would do traveling and all that Mm. stuff, but I feel like there's not much that you can fit in, in one day if you want to travel across the world. It's a start to with one day. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of traveling, where would you go if you could choose anywhere? Like Machu Picchu. It's, it's, <laughs> that so was... it's, I know that's fast. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's been on my list for a while and, and I'm going to make it happen next year or the year after. Um, but I'm really, really fascinated with that stuff. Like the history of, you know, how did these people from long, long ago, how did they carve out these rocks to perfectly fit together and create this beautiful city and mm-hmm. get it in a spot where it's like so far away from, from anything and the mountains are like insane. Um, so just going there and, and I'm like, I'm a big outside, uh, a big nature buff and I want to do a hike there. They have like a, a couple day hike where you, you hike and then you camp out and then you hike, you camp out and then eventually you make it there. Um, and that's been on my list just because it's, it's gorgeous and it would just, the overall experience would be really honestly just mind blowing. <laughs> Well, I haven't been there, but I could assume that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, well, you already said that, um, your perfect day would look pretty similar to what you've been doing so far. Um, would anything change if you get the message that you only have uh, six months to live? Mm. That's a great question. I feel like I'd have to like really think about that because, man, I'm I'm just super grateful and content for for doing the stuff that I do. Mm. Um, like I don't know if that would change anything because honestly, I think like obviously I would want to experience more new things and try new adventures. So I'm sure I would I would throw in some more like really ambitious stuff there. Um, 
but I don't even know what it would be like skydiving. I would love to do, and I'm definitely going to do that. You should. That's something yeah, I, you, you've been yeah, skydiving. Yeah. 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 I've, I've heard from people who do it. It's, it's life changing, like not even the experience itself, but just what you learn from the experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like ridiculous, but that to me is just a super fulfilling day. That's really cool. What, what would you do? Mm. Well, since I, I think I would do skydiving again because it was really, really cool experience. But, um, to be honest, throughout the probably then last six months of, um, my life, I would spend as much as possible with like the loved ones I have, um, around me, um, and still go for like travels on my own. So have this really on, um, two opposite scales, almost like really appreciating the, the loved ones I have around myself right now and still going on um, super extreme adventures. I haven't been, um, maybe because I was scared, maybe because I thought I can do this later. Um, so I th I think I would also do ayahuasca, to be honest, to, um, to uh, yeah, this is somewhat, it's really attracting because um, it has so much potential to go into depth to really get to know yourself. And um, I would probably um, regret if I wouldn't do this. Yeah, that's a that's a great answer. That's I'm going to add that to mine, too. That's been <laughs> something I've been thinking about a lot. Yeah. Have yeah. Because I, I have buddies who they've gone to like because they have retreat centers where they kind of just guide you through everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had buddies who've done it and they said it's life changing. And I'm like just getting more into the psychedelics and understanding not even like like i'm gonna do it and i'm just gonna have a crazy trip like it is more about understanding new things about yourself and about the world and and really digging more into that um so yeah just just hearing the perspective of the people who've done it is it's really really uh it's it's interesting it's enticing did you have any psychedelic experiences not yet um, well, to be honest, I, I feel like the first one I did have was through meditation. Well, it was not induced through psychedelics, but still a psychedelic experience. Since I've been to um, Nepal into the um, Vipassana meditation retreat, um, there uh, at some point it was just so intensely into depth. And at some, then there was also like a lot of pain involved because of sitting for like 10 hours a day. And then at some point, uh, my body said, I can't bear this pain anymore. And so I went out of my body to see the pain from the outside and didn't feel it anymore. And I feel that was the first psychedelic experience I had um, just induced through meditation. So I don't that think that only, that only through psychedelics you can get there. But um, then also later on, um, it was actually a similar experience to um to magic mushrooms i i could almost compare those two well the, the the mushrooms were a bit more intense to be honest and more obviously more things going on but they were relatable so it was not too crazy that i was completely thrown off to something i um i haven't done before because i had some some trust in myself through the meditation already so that was interesting, and I didn't expect that, to be honest, that they were so similar. 
Yeah, that that really is. I I have a, a buddy who I had him on my podcast and we talked about his experience doing. He did the was it the ten day retreat you did? Yeah, yeah. So I I had a conversation with him about it and he uh, he said exactly what you said pretty much. Like he was in excruciating pain and then uh, the guys basically walked him through a meditation and he was able to just shut it off. Yeah, and it's it's mind blowing stuff. Like we don't really know what our mind is truly capable of and like i want to figure it out you know yeah to, to be honest also at some point um during the like it's the seventh or eighth day your mind gets so calm and not distracted by all the thoughts running through your head that for like an an hour um, intense thinking about super deep topics and important questions were not a problem. Whereas now after two minutes, you're distracted by all the things going on around you. So yeah. Even that was um, mind blowing how capable we are of thinking, how, how concentrated we can be for such a long period of time. And we just, we're just not used to that anymore. So that was already interesting to see the actual power of our minds. It's crazy. Yeah. So to be honest, if anybody feels right for doing like a 10 day meditation retreat, I would suggest it. It, it, yeah. this to date is, I think, still the most, most changing experience I had so far. So that's, wow. yeah. Okay. I'm adding that if I had six months <laughs> that, I mean, it's going to happen. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, that was for me the, the biggest moment so far, to be honest. Um, yeah. Do you have any any moment going in this direction where you said, okay, from that moment on, I was like changed and different? Like, or was it most of the time a longer transition? I had I had a couple. I I think a couple moments just came from comfort zone moments mm -hmm. where it was like I had a decision. I could act based on fear, or I could act based on purpose. Okay. And like something just drove me to, to act based on purpose. So like the first one that comes to mind was I joined my high school wrestling team. Um, that like just that decision to walk in the locker room full of like very intimidating guys who were, who were really just aggressive. Um, that was life changing because I was able to join the wrestling team and, it taught me so much about self-discipline and like your body and your mind. And that was kind of something that drove me in this direction. Uh, I think the other biggest thing was including. So basically I, I have a coach that I work with right now and going through his program was also like, there were a couple moments where I was like, okay, I'm never, I'm never going to be the same. Um, just learning more about the mind and learning more about mindset and energy and intention and, and everything that kind of, drives you in a certain direction it's like i don't obviously see the change in that moment but that's the moment where things completely change is when you have that like that new understanding or you make that decision yeah yeah especially i guess for you being this this kid in high school then going to such a locker room uh with those dudes is probably especially in, intense and interesting Yeah. And I was like, I was not the, the extrovert. I was super, super introverted. And I, you know, like I had that example of my dad, but I hadn't been practicing it to the fullest yet. 
Like I wasn't, I was, I was going to the gym, but I was being super inconsistent at that point and, uh, basically just joining that. And we had a lot of intense practices. Um, we had one practice just to, to share where one of our guys like messed with another guy's locker and our coach was angry and he put us through, I think it was like an hour and a half or two hours of bear crawls. Just like we had two, two guys and two groups of guys and, uh, the first group would go to one wall and go back and then the second group. And it was just nonstop. And that was like, that was one of those moments where you look back and you say, okay, like we're a lot more capable than, than we think we are. Cause after 30 minutes I was done, but we had the coach pushing us. We had accountability and like, we were able to just keep going through that. Yeah. That's really like, I, I still like sometimes want to, push this this water really from like i think i can't move on anymore but like where is the the definite border from your physical exhaustion that you actually cannot overcross and at some point i just i, I wasn't um working out that much anymore um also not going for runs and then at some point i was like seeing other people going around the uh, the track and trace field and it was just like i want to run again and I, why not try to incorporate the mindset game in this? What if I now without training go after half a marathon? Interesting what then happens. Yeah. Like your mind starts, no, you can't do this. This is usually not the thing you should do. Your body uh, gets hurt and stuff like that. But if you then actually do that, you'll figure it works. I, I yeah. actually can do that. I had a bit of pain the next two or three days, of course, yes. <laughs> but it was what is not as bad as all the thoughts beforehand told me. And like, that's that's um, incredible how, how much our brain um, is holding us or, or well, it tries to keep us alive. So that from this perspective, it's doing an amazing job. But it's not really helping us to really figure out, okay, where are the borders? What can we do? What is the thing that makes us most happy? And those kind of things. It's maybe not the best thing to just really follow what the, the thoughts are telling you. Did you... Back did, to that heart. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> to, to be honest, that is a thing that I, um, in the past month, probably looked the most at. I also like... Um, listening to yourself, trusting yourself, trusting your beliefs, um, those kind of things uh, were um, the stuff I was looking on the most. I'm really focusing, okay, what is the intention I want to put on the world and how can I get there? Um, rather than, okay, what if I put this out? What is the, the maybe what are the thoughts other people would think about this? So, um yeah, and maybe in this context, I really like to ask you, um, what would you like to be remembered for when you die? Yeah, that's a, that is a great, great question. Uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, living fearlessly, and it's like no one truly lives fearlessly, obviously. But I want to be remembered as the guy who, you know, who who went for it, who didn't act based on fear, but you know, who, who acted regardless of fear, um, who I, like, I, I've thought about this a lot and I want to set the example for other people just because, especially in our society, like our current generation, 
we are so conditioned from childhood and from everything going on around us to just do the easy thing and to fit in and to go to work. And, you know, you're not happy, but you got to do it anyway. So keep doing it and slowly get more unhappy. And like, it's, it's a really, really bad downward spiral. And I have a lot of friends who are going through it. Like they go to their office job and they hate it, but they go because they feel like they have to, and they're scared of doing anything else. Um, and I just, one of the big things I want to do, like with starting this business and with making these things happen is, is really just help people understand, like you don't have to do things that society tells you to do. You don't have to do them the way that you think you have to do them. Um, and we ultimately are like the creators of our life. And by setting that example myself and, and, you know, creating a successful life, I can also set that example for other people. Can you dig a bit deeper into, um, we're the creator of our life. How did you like get into this direction and what do you exactly mean by that? Yeah. So ultimately like you, you open your ears and everyone around you is saying, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do, but it's like, you ultimately choose to do that. Like you don't have to pay taxes. You choose to pay taxes because you don't want the IRS coming after you. You don't have to go to your office job. You choose to go to your office job because, you know, you're scared of, of what would happen if you didn't, of starting your own business, of going and finding another job. And so, like, ultimately, so many people have that word, like, can't or I'll try or something like that. But it's like, at the end of the day, every single decision is your own. And if you think about that, how every single decision is up to you you can take your life in any direction that you want it to. Mm -hmm. And I know there's people out there who like, they're thinking like, well, yeah, but I have this certain situation and society placed this chain on me. But like you look at a guy, do you know Nick Sant Santanasso? I think you say his name. No, I actually don't. So he, he was born and he had no limbs and he has, he has no legs. He has uh, two arms, but they're both stubs. And oh, okay. he's now, yeah. he's a bodybuilder at the gym. Like, he is a, a speaker. He speaks in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And like you, you have someone who's doing so much in that position. Yeah. It's like, why are you, why are you using your upbringing or, you know, how much money you had when you were a kid or how much money you have now? Why are you using that as an excuse to have someone else dictate how you live? Hmm. And so like with, with, we are the creator of our world. I mean, like we make the decisions that ultimately allow us to end up in a certain place and like things aren't going to end up as you always want them to. But the reality is like we can make the decisions to, to push us more towards that dream life rather than falling back into fear and, and doing life how we think we're supposed to. Hmm. And in this context, also another thought popped into my mind from another podcast guest I has had before that she was saying that for her, everything um, is triggered by either love or fear. Mm. What do you think about that? I, I like that sentiment a lot. I think that, um, in certain situations, it, I, it could be considered love. I like that. I like that a lot. Like in certain situations, when you are scared, you, you make the other decision out of love for yourself or those around you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my head, wraps more around like the idea of purpose of of mm. knowing like this is what you want and you're going to go after it but yeah love works i like that yeah f f to be honest most of the time you you try to 
find or we we have a bunch of words of um maybe also jealousy of things of insecurities but it seems that most things are related to either then the fear of getting uh, of losing something of not getting something of changing your status quo or anything in, in this realm and the other hand is like you do most of the things or at least as you said you, you do a lot of things because you have you are this this person uh, purpose-driven person and you want to do inspire other people this seems to be out of love to other people and yourself so I am not sure where I wanted to go with this explanation, but I do do enjoy I have, it too. <laughs> I have a question for you. Actually, yeah. this this may open up a whole new conversation. Sure. Um, and stop me if you if you don't want to answer or something. But so I've been thinking a lot about. So say you're you're this guy, right? And you go out and you are just doing so much good in the world. Like mm -hmm. you're giving back. You're going to homeless shelters. Uh, you're doing everything you can, right? Is there a difference in doing that? on one end because you want to give back to the world and it's because it's out of love versus on the other end, you feel like you're required to do that and you want other people to look at you as a good person. Like same result, you're going out, you're doing these good things, but do you think there's a difference based on your intention? I think there is a difference, um, especially because um, since uh, well, we, we are now both focusing more about, uh, on the emotional part is that you feel there, the, the person or you, you as the receiver feel a difference in how genuine the person is, how, how much actual love they're put in there. Um, and for me, it seems right now almost more important with the, intention with the love you want to give to others that this um, has a greater effect actually than the maybe material things you put out there since I yeah, do believe now more in in the realm of that with the intention and your your inner um, core that you send out this this kind of energy you send out this love and this is also what you get back. So I feel also that the person will in the long run have more and get more um, when the intention is set on love rather than um, I kind of have to do this. Yeah. What do you uh, think? I completely, yeah? I completely agree. I think so. Like I said, I've been thinking about it a lot and I couldn't really put in the words why I felt that way. But that's a really good explanation. Like the intention ultimately matters. Like it's that energy. That's in, that intention. Um, and it's the same outcome, but like me doing everything because I feel like I'm not good enough versus me doing everything because I want to love the life that I live. Like, yeah, it, I'm still doing everything that I do, but it's from a different place. And I, I agree with what you said. And I also don't think you can sustain that for such a long time for with the same intensity. And um, you just... People feel when you're not genuine. People feel when you don't put really all your love in there. And so even though it seems from the outside, maybe the achievements or what you do is the same thing, but it's not. Yeah. It's, it's not the same thing as if you really out of the true inner purpose that you want to spread the love you have of yourself and help the other people. That is not the same thing as that you feel you have to for some reason it is a different 
it's just a different feeling. It's hard to explain yeah. in words, but for me, there's a, it's a huge difference. Yes. I agree. Um, I do have another question, which is basically, um, well, we, we talked a lot about how your life is right now and how you would change it or rather not actually. Um, how would you see yourself then in five years if your, if your goals were reached, let's say? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd still be striving for more. Um, mm. I have this poster behind me for, I don't know if you put this out on video, but yeah. it says always grateful, never satisfied. And that's kind of like, that's how I want to live life. Like in every present moment, always being grateful for everything I have, always being grateful for the struggles I have, the good, the bad, but also never being satisfied. Meaning that, you know, not meaning like I'm always dissatisfied and always grumpy about it and always wanting more and never feeling like I'm enough, but like always pushing towards the something better, like never becoming satisfied where I am because ultimately that satisfy that satisfaction leads to complacency, which leads to you falling back into something worse. So like, that's a big thing is, is in five years, you know, I'm going to meet all the goals that I have set right now, but I'm going to have more goals that I'm going after and like never feeling like, okay, I'm good in my relationships. I'm good with my business. I'm good with my health. So I'm just gonna, I'm going to chill. I'm going to coast. Um, but in terms of that, like I want to create a six figure business, a multi six figure business. Uh, I want to be living in my dream state, which I don't know what it is yet. I want to figure that out. And, in terms of like actual location. Yeah, state. yeah. Um, and I just want to feel amazing. I, I think it like a lot that we talked about today is that feeling. And I want to be, you know, making decisions based on intuition, based on my heart instead of my brain. And I want to be in a place where like I can look at my life and be like, okay, I put in the work for this. I deserve this. This is, this is amazing. Can you um, describe that? feeling maybe i know it's super hard to describe feelings but a bit more in detail so you like actually um have like uh can describe it in your body how that feels or because it's super hard to when you say yeah you feel want to feel yeah i worked for this but how does that feel for you yeah so number one no guilt or no regrets of anything i've done in the past um coming from a place of i lived my truth as much as I could. So like not looking back and saying, well, yeah, like last year I could have done this better. I could have done this better. But like knowing that in the very moment that I'm in, I'm doing the best I can. Um, that's a big one. And I think obviously feeling healthy, like mm -hmm. just being in a state of energy and excitement and, and gratitude. Um, that's a tough question besides those two. Like I, I think with feelings, it's just, you have that satisfaction, like, like looking back and, and knowing that all the bad things you went through and all the good things you went through led you to this moment, which is beautiful. Mm. That's no, a lot more vivid. Yeah. That's cool. Um, then we're getting, we're getting a bit closer to the end. I think we already have, what is it? almost an hour. Yeah. Um, so I still have a couple of more questions. Um, one is, um, feel a bit broader that I recently picked up in, in another podcast in the after talk actually. And we came to the thing that, okay, 
what if now everything that you own, what you established yourself, what um, you earned so far, like any material things that you already accomplished, uh, what if those would be gone? Who would you be? I really like to think I'd be exactly who I am now. I, I do. I think like I've developed a mindset where, you know, I'm grateful for the present. Like I'm going through my own struggles as everyone else is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if everything I have was taken away, number one, I'd still have the people around me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if I have the people around me supporting me, if I have people who are rooting for me, like that's most of the battle right there. Mm-hmm. And I think I would just be able to, you know, yeah, I would, I would probably have some bad moments, some some tough moments, but I'd still be able to get back on the horse. I'd still be able to push forward and I'd still be able to create this and then some. Um, yeah. Um, and actually just remembered another question I wrote down while I was watching your podcast with uh, your girlfriend. You said you wrote down about 70 question cards that you ask yourself um, at certain locations um, what of those was the most difficult for you to answer? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> All right. Ah, uh, man. So I think, I think the most difficult was having to do with the future. Um, so just for some context. So right now I've been dating my girlfriend for it's been like a little over a year, a year and a couple months. Um, and we've established like a really strong relationship, like open, honest, all that stuff. And when we started doing this question stuff, it was very early in the relationship. Like it was a couple months. Um, and I hadn't fully like opened all of myself up to her. Like I still kind of had like a small little wall. And one of the questions that came up was about the future and about like, where do you see us in five years or something like that? And like, I couldn't say that I would like the answer that I gave was basically like, I don't know, like I can't guarantee anything in in five years. Um, And that was tough to work through just because, you know, when you're dating someone, you want to hear that they're all in. Yeah. And like, I wasn't in the spot where I was ready to say that, like, you know, I've, I've had relationship struggles in the past that have closed me off to stuff like that. And being able to like having to say that to her was was tough and then of course the conversation that it provoked was was pretty tough but i will say it was also super super helpful because it helped me open up even more because then like once you realize the answer we can go into okay well why do i feel that way why do i think that way um yeah does that help <laughs> well it's it's definitely super honest and like you put yourself really vulnerable now so it's awesome that you share that because it was obviously or it, no it obviously is not uh, the the biggest fear for yourself anymore so to right. have this the future lookouts um with your girlfriend and so it's it seems like a super tough question indeed i well five years for a relationship that just started is also really tough to answer because so yeah so to give you some context too like sure we weren't it wasn't like a high school relationship like we we got pretty serious pretty fast like we both clicked very very well and we realized like this is something that it's gonna work Mm -hmm. 
but there was still like that thought in the back of my mind, like, well, I like I've had stuff in the past that has kind of felt like this and that ended in disaster. So like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously confronting that was one of the best things that happened. And would you then say like confronting most of the fears you have is a really good decision because i assume in those 70 cards is a lot of fears get get spoken or get spoken about and you obviously those questions are not like yeah what's your favorite meal as you go off inside like um that's what you say this really helped you in the cause of like your relationship but i guess also your self-development yeah absolutely i mean that's a great rule of thumb in general like face face those fears because um, there's nothing but good things on the other side if you face them because that that is the thing that most of the people get in their head obviously including me like when i need to go into the steps into the fears the thing that's holding you back is you you assume something bad is going is at the end or is somewhere there but you haven't made any experiences that really pushed you towards yeah i should not like really go deep yeah yeah i i think you mean just in general yeah just in general yeah yeah i mean i i think that every single situation where fear has come up there's always been something good on the other side now there's mm -hmm. been a ton of situations where i haven't pushed past that fear like yeah. a, a ton like I, i haven't always acted based on purpose but every single time where i have even if that moment sucked after it was always good things and um we we talked previously also um sorry to jump back but i had just a question that i wanted to ask right. again um we talked about like the the you or you said like the the energy that is um around us and we put the energy out there and this is um quite a bit uh, quite an important part is um is that for you also like a spiritual thinking that you have that there is some some energy or great energy out there that you feel connected with or um are you quite religious i'm not sure about that so can you let me know a bit more about that definitely so uh context so i grew up in a very very religious household, very Christian. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a lot of things about the way I was raised that I absolutely don't agree with. But there's a lot of things that I see the same side of and that I absolutely believe in. So where I am now on, on my spiritual journey, like I am well aware that there is something bigger than me out there. Um, and I, I'm well aware about different laws of the universe of how things happen and i i am a true believer that like what you put out into the world is going to come back to you whether you call it karma the law of attraction uh law of vibration whatever you want to call it like that's it's it, from my experience and from hearing everyone around me it's it's just a fact of life it's a law hmm. um but in terms of like actually defining things like whether i believe the universe whether i believe jesus like anything along those lines i'm 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 working through it right now. Like that's one of one of the things I'm going through. Um, that's and right. I don't know if I don't know if that'll ever be solved because like as much as people want to say, well, we know for a fact this X Y Z, we we don't. 
we don't like there's always differing opinions there's always different viewpoints and i think like if i were to go sometimes i feel this way like if i were to go all in on something and fully believe something that would kind of take away from like the openness of life of like understanding different perspectives and possibilities um because i know a lot of religious people who are very very close-minded and like you could tell them something that could change their life for the in the best way possible and because it's not in alignment with what they've accepted as a fact, they won't let it change them. Mm. So it's, it's interesting. Religion something that I could go on for about like hours and it's, it's a conversation that I always like having. Um, but it's something that will always be, I, I really think it's something I'm always going to be working through. I mean, it is super huge. And I, I was also, um, well, not super strictly religious, but also um, Catholic um, and now since I have also like traveled through the Philippines to Hong Kong and Nepal is like three completely different, um, worlds, especially also religious wise. And after that was just like, no, well, I don't want to call it confused, but just like, um, an overload of new information from perspectives. And that obviously just showed that there is not the one right way to, think believe do stuff so you really there again you have to like what feels the most connected to you or feels the most right to you and i feel also most of them say similar things but just like different words different um, yeah. starting points um, different contexts and that makes each religion unique in itself but on the same in the same side also like overlapping a lot with each other so Again, as you said, like to topic for hours, but this is just like the notion I've gotten so far. But um, since I've been doing those travels, I was like, I also need to dig deeper into that because that is yeah. just, um, yeah, super. Also, I feel like it's super interesting topic for a lot of growth. So yeah. it's not that because then, as you said, when you're open for something like that, you are willing to explore a lot about yourself but also like your your beliefs your thinking once you like see those different perspectives absolutely absolutely and there's always going to be kind of principles i live by of course sure. uh and there's always like like there's always different thoughts popping into my head of like okay well this right here means that this is probably true but then like this pops up over here which means like this other thing is true yeah and like it's it is a tough thing to deal with but I think overall, like you said, like if you have those principles that you live by, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. And to be honest, there in the at least the past few months, the leading theme or topic I would really put on the um, yeah on it is really listen to yourself. Mm. That is just almost the most for me at least uh, appropriate way to go somewhere go through, through stuff because i also if i need to have more information i i like if i know that i need to get more information about it it's not that i only listen to like your intuition or something but it also tells you more specific almost like what you need to do so that's it's also quite interesting um yeah i think to be honest um i also don't want to take too much of your time um, and I have two last questions for that. So one is if you could choose any superpower 
that you could imagine, which one would you choose? That's a great question. I, I think it would be teleporting. <laughs> I think just based on like what that would allow me to do in life, mm-hmm. like in a second, I could be in Machu Picchu. And then in another second, you know, I could skip traffic and and end up at like a smoothie store, like something ridiculous. Right. But I think teleportation would open up the most opportunities for me. Mm. I actually thought the exact same thing. However, then I had an interview with uh, Max Elsa and he said, like, I want to fly because there you can experience the whole journey and not just the end result. So flying is also a great journey. That is really good. But at the same time, I think that that constricts you from experiencing a lot of things because you like if I wanted to go to Peru, I would have to fly and whoever, however long that takes, like 12 hours, 13 hours. Sure. Depending on like how long or how fast you can fly. I mean, right. You, yeah. need to, you need to like put that a bit more specific. But yeah, if you like fly and there in like an hour Superman, or Yeah. If I'm Superman, I can get there in like five seconds, maybe. Yeah, I do flying. <laughs> so that was also an interesting thought. I, I like that's why I also changed my teleportation uh, superpower to to a flying superpower. Nice. Um, and then I have a question uh, for actually for the podcast is um, after now we had the the super deep discussion over um religion energy your fears your relationship a bunch of different things but super into depth um who would you think would be a suited next guest for me oh i like that i think uh one of my good buddies name's brett gonzabach he was on my podcast he's the one that also went through the 10-day meditation Mm. retreat He's done a lot of things to push his mind and his body. Uh, he's done like he did a full marathon without training, uh, kind of like oh, you. Like I, he, he's I the guy. Do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he's the guy to talk to in terms of just like consciousness and and to get into really deep stuff. Like he's done the ayahuasca retreat and mm. and all that stuff. So I'd love to connect to you guys. Yeah, would be awesome. I'm cool. intrigued by already by the the passing on marathon ayahuasca. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I also know you uh, wrote a book, which is um, super helpful for those who always step on the on the snooze button. Yeah. Um, so um, you want to sh- briefly say something um, about that and um, where people can find you? Yeah. Uh, so the book's called The Snooze Stopper. It's something that I as I've made my transition with my company, I haven't pushed it as much, but it's still there. Uh, basically, in my own journey, like I mentioned, like I was a snooze addict. Like no matter how many times I tried, I could not seem to get out of bed on that first alarm. And like the whole concept behind the book is number one, why that's so important. Like if you at the very first moment of the day, you get that win and you get up on your first alarm, that opens up so many opportunities. Like to someone who hasn't really been through this stuff before, it kind of sounds ridiculous. Like how can that change your life? But like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you can start your first moment of your day, like that very, very first moment with a win, that win can snowball to a million other wins. And that, that kind of acts as like the anchor of helping you push even more every day. 
Um, so the book is on like a little bit about that, a little bit about why snooze affects you physically, like how it actually makes you more tired physically, the science behind that. And then I also go into like a ton of different tools and tactics that I've used to, to stop pressing the snooze button. Cause it was not easy. I, mm. I'd had times where like I put one alarm across my room, one alarm down the hall and I would have to like get up and turn the first alarm and then the second alarm. And it was just like this battle where every day I'd have to adapt and adjust to, to try to get out of bed and then over time it built into a habit. So, uh, that's available. Reach out to me directly if, if you want a link to that, cause I don't think the link is anywhere online. Uh, but if you're looking to connect with me, I'm available at the unchanged self on Instagram. So I'm, I'm, you know, break the chains of society, step into your true purpose. Uh, and then my current website is early risers but that may be changing soon. So your best bet is to head over to the unchained self on Instagram and, and reach out, hit me up, say hi, tell me what you thought about the podcast. I like, uh, I like talking about this stuff. Awesome. Thanks a lot. I think, uh, we've covered a bunch of stuff and I'm really, really acknowledging how, much you shared and like the how vulnerable you actually have been now on the podcast and so uh really thank you for 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 doing this and your time yeah and i appreciate you too julian like it takes good questions to to get good answers out of people so i respect what you're doing and and i appreciate the good questions as well so much for listening until the end of this episode my personal takeaway from this was the quotes act based on purpose not on fear since it's often the case that i don't do things because it's scary and i forgot about my purpose um, so a great insight and reminder of this if you want to know more about skyler what he does and and or get in contact with him Uh, you could check out his Facebook group, uh, Early Risers Movement, his Instagram channel, The Unchanged Self, or his website, The Early Risers Movement. One last thing, if you enjoyed this episode or got a new perspective on something, I would really appreciate if you subscribe or leave me a review on iTunes so I know what I'm doing and I can improve it. And I also see a bit of support from you to keep going. That would be awesome. So have a good nice day and uh, namaste.